Welcome to the Bowen Christian Family Centre podcast channel. You're about to hear a message recorded at one of our Sunday gatherings. We pray you are blessed and enjoy this inspiring message. You know, our theme for this month is let your faith be greater than your fear. What a good theme that is. I am convinced that as a Christian, we're not meant to stay the same. Who would agree with that statement? That as a Christian, we're not meant to stay the same? That God calls us out and up from where we are. It's this building and this building and this building and this building that goes on right through our lives. Amen? He continues to call us up and out of where we are. He wants us to be his heroes. We are called to be God's heroes. Tonight I want to share with you how the fear of failing and looking at things from our perspective can actually stop us from being God's heroes, can actually stop us from living a life of faith and confidence because that's the life that God wants us to live a life of faith and confidence. Now, how many here tonight have experienced fear? Is there anybody here tonight that hasn't experienced fear? I know I have experienced fear in my life. And do you know what? I know that that's not where God wants me to live my life. He does not want me to live in that place of fear. The Bible tells us many times that we're not meant to fear. In fact, God commands us. It's a commandment from God that we're not meant to fear. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Who wants to be obedient to God? then we need to listen to what he says. And he says here to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Hey, we had some really good news today, didn't we, Helen? So I know Liesl has a passion for Christian movies to be shown at the cinema. And she has been diligent. She has been persistent She has been going everywhere to try and get a movie, a Christian movie shown at the picture theatre. Now, we've tried. We've tried. And I know others have tried. Today, we got a call from the manager of the picture theatre saying, yes, we're going to show the movie. How good is that? How cool is that? So we're going to make sure that it's a combined churches event. We're going to invite all the churches we want it to be a really special night where all the churches can come together and they can watch this movie and bring their friends. Now, I know you've done really well tonight by being here, but I want to challenge you. Make sure you're here next Sunday night too. We've got our combined church service. Let's pack this place out. You know, I was at the Uniting Church this morning. Sure, their style's a bit different. In fact, it's way different to our style. But we believe in the same God. 
We believe in the same Jesus. And do you know what? I honestly believe that God, when I was driving up here to take on the role here, to take on the calling here as to be the senior pastor, that God put it on my heart and he said, John, I want you to do all you can to make sure that the churches work in unity. Because in unity, God commands a blessing. Now, I know that there are other churches that have broken away from this church over, the time, over time. But you know what? So what? God's bigger than that. And so I want to be bigger than that. And I don't want the differences or the different styles to be a wedge that stops us from coming together and being better together. Amen. Amen. So God has commanded us not to be afraid. The Bible also tells us in uh, this very famous Bible verse in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of sound mind. I'm glad he gave me the one of sound mind, because sometimes I'm not sure if my mind's so sound. But I go back to the word of God and he says that he's given me a sound mind, so I'm appreciative of that. But it does say there that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Now, I may have told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. So I'm sorry if I'm boring you tonight, but you're going to hear it again. When I was about seven or eight years of age, I was going to a Sunday school camp and they asked me to read one little Bible verse out on a Sunday morning before we had breakfast. How hard is that? It was a good news Bible, so the English was pretty easy. (laughs) Who's read a good news Bible? It's very plain English. So I read this Bible verse all that night. I wanted to get up there and I wanted to make sure that I said it perfectly and that it would all work out. And, and I was that fearful. I couldn't even eat. Who's ever been in a place where they're so fearful that they can't even eat? Well, that was me. And then it was time for me to get up and just say this one little Bible verse. Seven years of age, little Johnny. Gets up, opens his Bible. Goes to read the Bible verse, goes, and nothing came out. Like you're staring at me now, I can go back to that place and I can tell you that I was fearing that day. I was was not in a good place. And for years, that held me back. But I know that God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. And I know that I cannot do what I'm doing today if I allow fear to control my life. See, I'm called, you are called, we are called to be God's heroes. Amen? We are called to push through our fear. Do do I stand here tonight and say that I I don't fear? Absolutely not. But I'm not going to let fear beat me. I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to do what the word of God says, the call of God that's on my life. See, if the enemy had his way, my mouth would be sealed and I wouldn't be preaching. See, don't let the enemy have his way in your life. Don't let fear stop you from where God's calling you to go. Amen? I'm convinced that God doesn't want us to live our lives controlled by fear. Fear will stop us from going where God wants us to go. It'll stop us from doing what God's called us to do. And fear can even cause us to draw back and withdraw. Let me make this statement. Fear and faith cannot live together. 
Fear and faith, get it? Have you got it? Fear and faith cannot, we're either living in fear or we're living in faith. I don't know about you, but I want to live in faith. They can't live together. If we're living in fear, then we're not living in faith. I want us to be, I want to be, I want you to be, I want our church to be a church that's courageous. The culture that we're trying to, that we're, we're encouraging, not trying, we're encouraging in this church is for people to have a go. We're not looking for perfection. We're looking for people with the right heart and the right attitude. We're looking for people that are saying, yeah, count me in. Here I am. Use me. I may not be perfect. I may be on my journey of overcoming fear, but I'm going to push through and I'm going to be courageous and I'm going to do what God's calling me to do. Amen? And we're encouraging that. It's so heartening to see people. I can think of people tonight that are here, that when we came here nearly three years ago, that were in a place where God has gently and graciously brought them through and they're now starting to blossom. They're starting to be God's heroes. How good is that? We don't want to fear failure. We understand that failing is perfectly normal and it is necessary if we want to succeed. If we're not failing, then most likely we're playing it too safe. Did you hear that? If we're not failing, then most likely we're playing it too safe. We don't fear failure. I've been reading Craig Hamilton's book, Wisdom in Leadership, and he states the following. Failure is a necessary step on the journey towards success. He goes on to talk about two types of failing, failing backwards and failing forwards. Failing backwards, and we've all done it, is when we do stupid things. Anybody here done stupid things? Just me? That's oh, okay. Yeah. That's failing backwards, but we can do what's called failing forward. Failing forward happens when we try our best, we're careful, we're diligent, we listen to wise, wise counsel, yet it still doesn't work out. But that's failing forward. Fail stands for first attempt in. What does it stand for? First attempt in. First attempt in learning. We must understand this very important principle if we want to succeed as individuals and as a church. No matter whether we're failing backwards or failing forwards, we need to make sure that we're learning from our mistakes. If we keep making the same mistakes over and over again, we won't succeed. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. You know, I used to fear failure. I used to fear it, and that would stop me from doing things that I needed to do if I wanted to grow and mature and become all the things that God has called me to do and be. And I believe it's the same for you. We cannot fear failure. After all, what are we fearing? So public speaking, I think, is number two of one of the greatest fears that all people have. Have you read that? Anybody read that? Yeah, it's number two, and I think number one is fear of death. But number two is fear of man. So public speaking is about fear of man. See, 
I was so fearful. I never wanted to go back to that place of being that little boy, having all those eyes staring at me and thinking that I failed. But you know what, church? I'm glad I can stand here tonight. And even if I do make a mistake, it's okay. God's bigger than my mistake. And I know that you are bigger when I make a mistake. Yes? That you go, yeah, that's okay. It's okay. We're not fearing failure. Amen? We don't fear failure. John Wooden said, failure isn't fatal, but failure to change might be. Did you get that? Failure isn't fatal, but failure to change might be. We need to learn from our mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. The difference between people who succeed and people who don't is this. Successful people don't fear failure. They learn from their mistakes. Great men understand, and women, understand that failing is part of succeeding. Listen to what JFK said. You ready? Only those who dare to fail greatly can ever achieve greatly. Isn't that a good statement? Did you like that one, Pastor Dolph? I thought that was brilliant. Only those who dare to fail greatly can ever achieve greatly. Do you want to be great in God? Do you want to be great in God? Then be prepared to fail greatly. And that's okay. You know, God's not looking for perfection. He's looking at the heart. He's looking at attitude. You know, you may be extremely gifted and talented, and that's great. God gives out gifts and talents. You may have an amazing talent, but that's not the key to God using you. It's attitude. It's heart. All the stories right throughout the Bible, from Gideon to David to all the heroes in the Bible to Paul, every single one of them failed, except for Jesus. Yet they are heroes of the faith. And you are being called to be a hero of the faith tonight. I love the story of Gideon. Who likes the story of Gideon? I love the story of Gideon. I can relate to Gideon. See, the second thing that can stop us from living a faith-filled life is when we look at, our, look at life from our own limited perspective. And the story of Gideon is a great example of that. You're familiar with the story? Where was he when the angel of the Lord came and spoke to him? He was at the bottom of the wine press. He was fearing his enemy. We can see in, 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 uh, in Judges chapter 6 and 7 where the story of Gideon is spoken about. We see at the beginning of chapter 6 how the Israelites had failed God. So he handed them over to, his enemy, to their enemies, the Midianites, for seven years. They were very cruel to the Israelites. Whenever they tried to plant crops, the Midianites would just come and attack and destroy all their crops. They would leave the Israelites with nothing to eat and they'd take all their livestock as well. But thankfully, this is not the end of the story. I mean, it would be a pretty mean story if that's where it finished, yeah? But it doesn't end there. And your story doesn't end tonight either. You haven't plateaued. There's more. Your story hasn't ended. Let's pick it up from Judges 6 verse 7. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. 
When they cried out to the Lord because of, the, of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites. He said, this is what the Lord, this is what the Lord, the, Lord, the God of Israel says. I brought you out of Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who oppressed you. I drove you out from your enemies and gave you their land. I told you, I'm, I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live. But you have not listened to me. I can stand here tonight and I can say I have failed because sometimes I haven't listened to God. Anybody with me tonight? There is a consequence when we don't listen to God. And the Israelites found that out. Verse 11. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree of Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abizah. Gideon, the son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of the wide press to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero. What did he say to Gideon? What did he say to Gideon? Come on. What did he say? What did the angel of the Lord say to Gideon? Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Did they not say the Lord brought us out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you. And you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. A few points I picked up from this story. Point one, God has a plan to rescue his people even though they may have failed him. Pretty good point. Pretty good point. A couple of weeks ago I was preaching about how God wants to rescue and restore us from the trials that we're facing. He wants to rescue and restore us if the trial isn't our fault. But what's even better is that he wants to rescue and restore us even when the trial is our fault. I stand here tonight declaring that over you, that God will restore you no matter what you're facing, no matter what trial you're going to, even if, it is your fault. Point one, God has a plan. You're not plateauing. He's got more. Point two, God sees things we can't see. I thought that was a pretty good point. Can I get an amen? Amen. Thank you, Mark. God sees things we can't see. I don't know about you, but if I was God, sometimes I'm, no, Oh, sorry, honey. If I was God and I had to pick somebody to be a hero, I don't think I'd pick Gideon. A hero is a person who is admired for their courage, outstanding achievements, and of noble qualities. Would you agree with me that Gideon, he was no hero? Not sure if you picked up the circumstances that he was living in when the angel Lord spoke to him and told him that he was a hero, a mighty hero, and that he would use him to lead the Israelites to victory over their enemy. Verse 13. 
if the Lord is, sorry, he was hiding in fear at the bottom of a wine press. This is, this is when God called him a mighty hero. He's living in fear. If that's you tonight, God's saying you're a mighty hero. See, God can see things that you can't see. He can see your future. He can see your potential. He can see things that you can't see. You might be there thinking, well, the enemy is just overwhelming me. I'm going to hide. I'm going to lock down. I'm going to withdraw. And God's saying to you tonight, no. No, you mighty hero. I can see things that you can't see. So he was hiding in fear at the bottom of the wine press. He lost faith in God. Verse 13, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Have you ever been in that place where you're going, why is this happening to me? Where are you, God? Have you forsaken me? What is going on? I do not understand. I'm not even sure if you're there, God. Have you ever been in that place? This is where Gideon was. But when Gideon was in that place, he was saying, mighty hero. Even when we're confused, even when we we don't understand, even when circumstances look ridiculous, God's saying, you're mighty hero. He can see things you can't see. Oh, I'm excited. You might not be, but I am. He can see things you can't see. Even when we've lost faith, even when we've lost hope, even when we think there's no tomorrow, God can see things you can't see. You are his mighty hero. On top of all of this, losing faith, fearing, he had a terrible opinion of himself. And I've been there. Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. I've been there. Sometimes I can find myself inching back there, thinking I'm a nobody. Have you ever thought I'm a nobody? Have you ever looked at somebody else and gone, wow, look at the gifts and talents God's given them and look at me. I see the other pastors here, including Pastor Dolphin Bowl, all of them can sing and all of them can play an instrument. I'm lucky if I can hit a note with my voice sometimes and I'm worried that I'm putting Helena off as I'm singing to my heart's content. But it doesn't matter. See, God's not interested in whether I can sing in key or not. He's interested in my heart. He's wanting to know, am I there worshipping him or am I worried about what the person next to me is thinking? No, I don't care. Well, I shouldn't say that. But, you know, in some ways I really, I want to care more about what God is thinking than what you are thinking. And I don't say that in a way to offend you or upset you or hurt you. But I want to put God first in my life and I am not going to fear man. 
You're with me, church. You're God's mighty hero. Woo! Woo! You know, on the face of it, Gideon was no hero. But God could see things that Gideon couldn't see. God could see him as the hero of Israel. And it's exactly the same for you tonight. God can see things that you can't see. He sees your future no matter your past. He sees your future no matter your circumstance. He sees your future no matter what you think about yourself. He sees things that you can't see. He sees you as as his hero. He sees you as somebody that he can use to save your family in, in the name of Jesus. He sees you as his hero to save your work colleague in the name of Jesus. He sees you as a hero that can save your loved ones in the name of Jesus. You're his hero. That very thing that the devil wants to kill, steal and destroy is the very thing that God will use. Woo! Thank you, Rebecca. It's the thing that God will use for his glory. See, you're his mighty hero, Mikhail. You know, he's not after people who want to be heroes in their own right. He's not after prideful people. He's not after people that think their gifts and talents are pretty good. He's not after people that go around thinking they're better than other people. He's after the humble. He's after the people with the right heart, the right attitude. You might be thinking, well, I'm no hero. I'm too weak. I'm full of fear. I'm not smart enough. I've made too many mistakes. My circumstances are too great and they're overwhelming me. Can I say from experience, that's the very place God can start a work in your life. That's good. James 4.10 in the Amplified says, humble yourself. Humble yourselves with an attitude, this is the Amplified version, with an attitude of repentance and insignificance in the presence of the Lord. And he will exalt you, he will lift you up, and he will give you purpose. He's not looking for perfection. He's not looking necessarily for talent. He's looking for people with the right attitude. He can see things we can't see. So what changed for Gideon? What changed for me? What's what's helped me to stop living my life in this place of fear, of losing faith, this place of thinking that I was actually an absolute nobody? You know my story. You know when I went to school, I found it difficult to spell. I'd look at other people. I had friends. One's now a doctor. And I'd look at him and think, wow, I wish I could be like him. He's so smart. I would measure myself all the time against other people and I'd always measure myself and I was the nobody. Can't sing, can't dance, just ask Helen. But I can preach the word of God. And I'm going to do what God's called me to do, no matter what. So how did Gideon go from living a life of fear, losing faith and being a nobody? He stopped looking at things from his own limited perspective and he started to listen to what God said about him. Verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, 
mighty hero, the Lord is with you. No matter your circumstance, no matter what you think about yourself, he can see things that you can't see. What did God say about Gideon? Mighty hero. Who knows Laura Daigle? Is that right? Have you heard some of her songs? They are brilliant. There is one out at the moment called You Say. Who's heard that song? Like last night, I went into our little prayer room. I got my Spotify on. I got that song up. I just started listening to it. I started to listen about what God says I am. Not what my circumstances say. Not what other people say, but what God says about me. See, there's a line in the song and it says this. The only thing that matters now is everything you think of me. The only thing that matters now is everything you think of me. Is that you tonight? Lepeka, is that you tonight? Leah, is that you tonight? The only thing that matters is everything that God thinks about you, Victoria, about you, Jenny, about you, David. That's the thing that matters most. See, Gideon, stop looking at what he could see around him. He could stop looking at his circumstances. He stopped thinking that he was a nobody. He stopped living in fear. He could do that because he started to believe what God said about him. Mighty hero. If we can have the band up. The only thing that matters now is everything you think of me. Now tonight, I really want to encourage us to push through. We're going to sing that song again that we were singing before. You know, I was, you know, the Bible says we need to have childlike faith. Who's heard that? I was watching Jay's kids during worship. How beautiful. Childlike faith. Like we're family tonight. There's not too many people here tonight. But I believe this is a significant night for you. I declare it over your lives. I believe this is a word from God directly to you. That tonight, he wants you to start seeing yourself as his mighty hero. So as we sing that song, I want you to, I'm not going to pray for anybody tonight. Is that okay? I think you've got the message. What's the message tonight? You're God's mighty hero. God's mighty hero. Jason, what are you? God's mighty hero. God's mighty hero. Yeah! Mark! What are you? God's mighty hero. Oh, wow! Look at that! Jane, what are you? God's mighty hero. Woo! Church! Childlike faith. Let's just free worship God tonight. Freely worship God tonight. If you want to come forward and dance, that's okay with me. I'm going to...
probably give it a bit of a go and embarrass Helen, but that's okay. Like, let's just worship our God. Yeah? Is that okay? Yeah? Let's break through. Let's stop looking at our circumstances. Let's stop fearing. Amen? Let's stop thinking that we're a nobody. And let's start believing what God says about us, what he says about us. Amen? Thank you for tuning in to Bowen Christian Family Centre's podcast channel. For any more information on our church, the preaching, or Jesus and Christianity, feel free to check out our church website, www.withsundayacc.com.au.